What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be diving into the topic of travel nutrition again, and, and more specifically, what I am doing and how I'm planning for an upcoming trip that's going to be a little longer than two weeks here. I'm actually leaving tomorrow. And although this topic somewhat pertains to me, I know it pertains to a lot of people right now. Depending on when you listen to this, we're kind of heading into the end of summer here, heading into fall. There's some like last minute trips and some vacations and fall breaks and some of these things that are coming up for a lot of people. And I've had actually a handful of clients who have gone on like international trips for more than 10 days here randomly in the last couple of weeks couple more coming up for other people here in the next month or so. And I'm personally taking a trip internationally. We're going to Greece here tomorrow for a couple of weeks to go to a friend's wedding. It's going to be incredible. And I've done a travel nutrition podcast a while back. And there might be some overlap between the two here. But today is going to be more so about, I think, maybe the mindset piece of going into a trip leading up to a trip, when you're in the trip, and then when you get home from the trip, just some observations that I've seen. I'm going to give you three case studies using myself as a case study example today in the middle of this podcast as well, just to give some you know clarification and some different examples on how this might pertain to your life and, and depending on what season of life you're in, like what this might look for you if you're going through a situation like this, or if you plan for this type of situation next year or whenever your next trip may be. However little or long it is too, right? This doesn't have to be a two-week long trip that you're going somewhere. This could be a four-day weekend trip or something like that here to finish the year. Uh, This is all relevant for all types of traveling. But I did go a little bit deeper into the nutrition side of things with how to navigate your trips and different things like that. Again, a while back, I'll try and link that show in the episode notes so you can listen to that if you haven't already. I don't know what the uh, topic or the uh, title is going to be of this podcast yet, but I got a feeling I'm going to do something um, related this idea of like memories are always going to be better than your macros, especially when it comes to trips and traveling and, and the moments in life that are pretty priceless, right? Like the things that you look back on these big events that come year, you know, year to year, or maybe you wait every five years to go on a big trip. Like these are the moments that are really meaningful. And, and one of the worst things that I see happen with people is some of these incredible experiences are lessened or the, you know, significance of them or the appreciation of them are, you know, a little lighter than maybe what they could be because there's a lot of fear, anxiety, stress about around food and their nutrition choices and they're, you know, fucking up their progress or, um, you know, going all in on that trip and then feeling like they have to make up for it on the back end. There's a lot of just mindset shifts that can happen when it comes to prepping and going on vacations and a lot of anxiety and honestly like self-sabotage that I see people doing and it just kind of feeds into this, you know, feedback loop that we've consistently talked about here on the podcast of like, man, just trying to be perfect all the time. And then when you're not perfect, it's just this free for all in every type of situation. So uh, I do think I'm going to title this podcast like memories over macros or something. That is not a sentiment that I came up with myself. I've seen it floating around in the health and fitness space for a while now, but I've, I really, uh, I really resonate with it. And I know a lot of other people resonate with it too. And it's, um, 
it's something that, again, I've been working on with a handful of my clients as we've prepped for some of these different trips and experiences um, in the midst of working towards whatever fitness goals. Maybe they're working on a fat loss phase. Maybe they're in a gain phase or they're trying to you know live life and transition back to maintenance and figure out what, what the rest of their year, what the rest of their life is going to look like after coming you know back and forth between some of these different you know nutrition periodization type of uh, seasons of their life so uh, whatever situation that you're in we're going to you know hammer the the facts here that like you know health and fitness not only looks different for everybody but it's going to look different in your life in in during the different seasons of your life as you continue to you know get older and i i'm kind of speaking on this because I've had some history and experience with traveling trips, just my mindset, uh, maybe again, not to go too deep into it. I did my own story kind of within the first 15 episodes. So you can go back and listen to that as well. Just my experience with like overtraining, just like body dysmorphia, um, not loving the way I look, having, having body image stuff take away from the experience and, and what I get out of some of those trips, um, or what I got out of some of those trips in the past and just looking back on it, I just find myself being pissed off at myself that I, I let that take up so much space in my head when in reality, it doesn't fucking matter at all. Um, and that's a harsh, harsh reality to, to kind of internalize here, but it's really true and it's true for everybody, but you will always be your own biggest critic when it comes to this kind of stuff. And, and whether, whether you go on a trip and you're going to be showing some skin and you're going to be rocking a bathing suit or you're going to be taking a lot of pictures to post for your family. It's like, I promise you, like nobody's thinking about your body as much as you are. Uh, and you will always be your own biggest critic. And, and when you look at your pictures and, and, and you don't love the way you look like that's to a certain level, like that's okay. You know, it's okay to want to change that and to have goals based on changing the way you look vanity driven purposes. Um, but I just, I just don't want people to get hung up on like, that's the only thing that life has to offer. And that if you look better then you're going to like that trip more. Cause in all reality, like some of those things can just get worse if you don't work on the mindset piece of it and improving that and, and coming at these things with a different approach. And again, one of the uh, bigger philosophies of my nutrition coaching, at least this past year is, is really just helping people get to a place where they're in a body that they enjoy while they're also doing things and they're living a lifestyle that they enjoy as well and not sacrificing one for the other. And I just found myself reflecting and, and um, I'll kind of go into it here in a little bit in a sec, but just uh, what I've done to prep for this trip, what kind of season of life I'm in in terms of training and my own personal goals and where that lands and how this trip has kind of um, fallen in the middle of that and how you know, in the past, like maybe this would be a trip where I'd be thinking about a year in advance. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to cut in July in preparation for when I leave for mid-September. I'm going to be, you know, picture ready or taking my shirt off and look good shirt shirtless or in a tank top kind of thing. And, um, it's been really good exposure therapy for me because this is, uh, one of the first times in my life where I haven't really given a shit about the way I look. Um, just come full circle in a really long way with like, again, not really giving a shit about how I look and how I think other people might look at me on these trips, you know, being the dietitian fitness guy and maybe not being my leanest self that I've ever been and going on this trip and, and having this once in a lifetime experience. It's like, 
I know deep down that no one else I'm with is going to give a fuck the way I look like. Just just like I don't give a fuck about how anyone else looks either, right? And I know, again, there's a confidence and um, an enjoyment of looking good or feeling confident and rocking different outfits. And and, and that can add to your trip experience, exactly, um, your trip experience for sure. But if that's the only thing that dictates whether you had a successful trip or not, it's like, man, we have a lot of work that needs to be done, in my opinion, to get you to a place where maybe that isn't the biggest priority for you all the time because you go your whole life thinking about it in that sense. A lot of these trips, a lot of these situations that should be really enjoyable, that might be once in a lifetime bucket list times things, again, there's just going to be, there's going to be somewhat of an asterisk next to it because I don't I don't think people live, you know, and enjoy the trip as much as they could if they had some of these other things in check, especially when it comes to their mindset. So, wow, that was a very long intro. And I think the point that I'm trying to get at here is that a lot of people have a ton of anxiety around traveling. It's true. Like, and I think at some level, we all have it, right? We all have these thoughts and uh, this mindset of like what, or this uh, image of what it, would mean to have a perfect trip and to feel really good in the clothes that we wear and to look good naked and to also enjoy and eat all the food that you'd like to eat um, and not be overly neurotic with your health and fitness while you're traveling. You know, there's a kind of a big balancing act here, but I find that it's like this anxiety uh, again that I've dealt with, uh, you know, in my own experience. Um, I've had my own version of that. I think we all have our own definitions of like what, you know, this anxiety is a very broad kind of concept, but just this stress and anxiety that can come around traveling and, and some of these things that, you know, we deem is really important when we're traveling. Um, but man, people get caught in this loop that I see too often with, especially with these big occasions. Cause let's be real. Like I'm going to Greece. We're going for like 15 days this is a trip that I don't know if and when we'll have again. Like, yes, the goal will be to get back there one day too. But, you know, assuming maybe Katie and I have a kid within the next year or two uh, and we're going to be traveling and doing some other international stuff next year. Like Greece on its own, like it's one of these experiences. Like I want to enjoy every fucking second of it as much as I can because I don't know when I'm going to get that experience again. Um at least with like in this certain situation with this group of people and these friends and this wedding that we get to go to. It's a very unique experience, but it is a once in a lifetime experience. And it's like, I'm in the mindset right now of like, how can I maximize that and make that the most enjoyable that it can be instead of it having be one of these things where it's like, okay, cool, I'll have fun. But the next time I go back, I'll be even better because I'll look more shredded or I'll have things figured out with my business and my clients even more so I can take more time off, you know? And um, all of these things that can kind of feed into this mindset of like, man, you just, you're trying to be, you're trying to live in the moment, but you're also trying to plan for the future. And in reality, it's like, we need to be able to enjoy these moments as they come and appreciate the fact that like, we, we don't know when that next moment is going to be. So thinking about, you know, um, or overly thinking about how you're going to look, how you're going to, you know, uh, approach this kind of trip with your health and your fitness and all these things like from day one somewhat even takes away from the trip all on its own when you're just trying to think like how can I navigate this trip but then also be on point with my nutrition and fitness so that I'm continuing to work towards my goals uh, when in reality like a lot of these trips these ones in a lifetime trips and again this is different than if you're going to like the lake every other weekend in the summer right like there's there's very different scenarios here but um yeah I just 
I just think some of these times, like again, going back to this memories over macros and it's funny cause I'm not even a huge, like track every macro guy. Like I encourage people to not do that actually. And, and if we're tracking food, sticking to calories and protein and things like fiber or how much water we're getting and steps, like there's a lot of cool data points that we can track, but macros to a T I don't think is necessary or required for most people. Um, but it's just still this concept of like concept of, can we make more memories instead of focusing on, you know, how we're going to have to rebound and what we have to prep for, for this trip and, and how we're going to mitigate the damage that happens along the trip, um, and get back to a place where, you know, we feel like we have to, uh, be perfect again, coming back from that trip. And it's just, again, this vicious cycle that, man, you just say, fuck it all together between, you know, your, your nutrition and, and how you treat yourself. And you put that on hold temporarily when, again, the goal is to be able to come to a place of balance and to navigate these trips doing a combination of both, okay? We'll kind of talk about that here in a little bit and how we can prep for that. And um, again, getting to this place where we can live our best life and enjoy the trip now and have our nutrition, all these things enhance the quality of the trip instead of letting it be this huge teeter-totter where where we're just doing all the things all the time, disregarding how we feel, Um overeating, overindulging, like being in a meds or a headspace where we're binging all the time on these trips and then coming back. And it's just, uh, it's just this never ending loop of like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta correct what went wrong kind of thing. So using myself as an example here, and I kind of want to go into a few case studies here because I've had some experience with myself for sure. But then with two other clients that stick out right now, who we kind of navigated and, and got to a place where they felt good going on their trip. Now, using myself as an, as an example here, I've said it a few times, we're going to Greece, we're going to a wedding, we're going to go to multiple islands in Greece. I've never been, I'm looking forward to it uh, a ton. It's just uh, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always been excited to go do, but I've never had an excuse to actually go there, right? Like I think a lot of people, we have these you know, we see something on Instagram or we hear some people go to this place or, or we have this idea of these dream vacations, but there's, it's very difficult to sometimes implement that and, and pull the trigger on that unless there's some of these like life events that force you to actually do that. Right. And this is one of the examples for us, at least where it's like, we probably would have never just voluntarily booked a trip to go to Greece. Um, you know, outside of like our honeymoon, which we, we ended up going to a different spot for our honeymoon, but you know, the moral of the story is like, we're making this a trip. We're spending two weeks there. We were able to plan a year for this financially from a business standpoint, you know, Katie taking time away from work, like fitting it into our schedules and making this an, an absolute dream vacation and being able to implement that, like, um, the wedding and the good friends that we're going to see and hang out with and share this experience with it. It's adds to the, um, I think the, uh, man, just how incredible this trip is going to be, but this is very different for somebody who maybe goes on like an annual, all you can eat and drink cruise ship, right. For a week and a half, you know, or, um, insert whatever type of vacation, something you do annually, every five years, you're going to celebrate your 30th or your 40th birthday or your 10th, you know, uh, wedding anniversary somewhere. Like we all know, like at some level, 
you know, the definition of what these big extravagant cool trips are going to be. And I need you to differentiate those again, weekend trips, those two to three trips where you go see your family or your friends, or you do some type of little mini, you know, vacation or uh, staycation at home. Like it, it could be very different. Um, compared to taking these like week long, two week long, three week long trips somewhere else. Um, but I'm, I'd argue that somewhat of the mindset piece will be relevant to all experiences that you're going through and what, uh, you know, what is on your schedule. So using myself as an example here, I'm in, this will be case study number one, and I have three case studies covering different types of man, just uh, approaches that one could take going into their trip to make that trip a positive experience for them and enjoying that to its full fullest capacity and then being able to come home and have your health and fitness be somewhat of a continuation instead of feeling like you need to start over kind of thing, right? But I've alluded to the fact that, hey, maybe in the past I would have planned for a trip of like, hey, I'm going to try and look the best going on this trip because we're going to be going to the beach and fitting in dress clothing and, and wearing tank tops and doing whatever it is like it's a beautiful time right next to the water like usually with that you're in less clothing you're showing off more skin and again I I can't discredit this because it's a reality right but like um, hating the way you look or talking shit to yourself or just feeling you know um, really uncomfortable in your clothing clothing can 100% take away from the experience that you have on that trip right and you know there's a lot of internal work and things that I think can be done, could be, and should be addressed before you go into that trip. Cause a lot of times these trips can only exacerbate those negative thoughts and emotions that come from, you know, how we feel in our skin and how we interpret that and how we think others are interpreting or judging us based on the way we look, which again, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. Like nobody's thinking about your body as much as you are. Nobody gives a fuck about, you know, the way you look and you know, how, how you rock a certain bikini or something more than yourself. Okay. And, um, yeah, again, if you're hanging out with people who exacerbate those thoughts, like, again, that's a whole nother conversation that needs to be had of like, man, like who do you surround yourself with? And, and what is the, uh, you know, what's the group that you're aligning yourself with and what are their priorities? Cause a handful of times, like, you know, I think we've all heard that saying like the five closest people closest to you are really going to say a lot about, who you are, what you prioritize, what you value, what your approaches are with some of these things. And it's very real with your health and fitness too. You know, you hang out with five bodybuilders around you who are stage lean, always tracking food, everything like that experience is going to look very different than somebody who is eating for life, right? And, and trying to train to get stronger and um, trying to balance, you know, a social life with reaching their health goals and their body composition goals and realizing that those two can exist together, right? Like, like that situation is going to look very different again from another person who doesn't give a fuck about any of those things and who eats and drinks whatever they want and continuously just indulges in whatever it is. And they don't have any boundaries with what they do or what they drink or what substances they take when they're with certain people. Right. And a lot of that is just a product of the environment that people are in, who they surround themselves with. And I, I digress on this topic because I don't want to get too far into this here, but, um, a lot of this, if, if you're really honest with yourself can, can be, just exacerbated or made better depending on who you choose to surround yourself with and who you're sharing these experiences with. So understanding that I know you can't control that and you can't control who you're going to see and who you're going to be around all the time. But as you continue to get older, like 
chances are the more aware and visual are visual are visual you are around these things um the more you're going to continue to prioritize putting yourself in positions where um, you feel good and you enjoy the people you're around and you don't feel like you're constantly in this judgmental like environment that is just feeding into your perfectionist mentality and and the shit talking that you're telling yourself um, because you don't look perfect in your eyes, right? And I feel like I've been in these situations before where I've tried to look my best, you know, and and tried to get to a place where I feel super confident in my skin. And ironically, like the leaner you get and the more obsessed you are with this, like sometimes the more like body dysmorphia and, and shitty you feel in your skin, because there's always going to be somebody or something out there that grabs your attention or you think you could look better or, or somebody that looks better than you and now makes, you know, uh, your life and your progress and your goals look shitty now compared to, you know, the other person or things that you're comparing yourself to. So comparison really is the thief of joy. And um, I found myself in those positions sometimes like traveling on trips or just putting this pressure on myself, right? Just being in the health and fitness industry and feeling like I need to fit this mold of how I look and how I eat and how I hold myself on some of these trips. Um, trying to like fit my life into a box, some made up box, right? To be honest about what it means to be a you know health coach or somebody that, that lives in the health and fitness space. And... What's different about my approach this time now is I've intentionally gotten really uncomfortable here the last over six or sorry, over a year now. I think I'm on month like 12 or or sorry, 13 or 14 now with like being in a surplus. It was funny. I looked at my data tracking sheet that I had this time last year because I'm somebody who tracks weights consistently, tracks my calories, protein, steps, workouts, all these things. But this time last year, like it was like September 12th, 2022, I was sitting around 163 or 164 pounds, which is not a lot. Um, that was me a few weeks removed from my cut or a month removed from my cut where I was actually 160, 159, which is just insanely low now that I look at it. Um, it was cool to me at the time because I got super lean, shredded, jacked, whatever the fuck, who gives a shit. Um, but as I sit here today, a little over a year later now, I'm consistently hitting a 187 to 189 number that I'm seeing on the scale. And I've, I've somewhat maintained that, you know, over the last month or so, three, four weeks or so, which is a victory for me because I'm eating a ton and it takes a lot of effort for me to maintain that body weight because it's just not intuitively where my body likes to stay and where my body's set point it, um, is and what my life is conducive to. It takes effort for me to gain weight and to maintain that weight. I know I'm not going to get any sympathy from anybody on here, but that's just the reality of my situation that I'm in right now. So I'm up a good 20 to 25 pounds or so in a year, which is kind of a fuck ton if you think about it. And I made this commitment to myself this time last year when I wanted to go into a small surplus and, and just maintain that to try and just spend some time seeing some numbers that I've never seen before on the scale try to put on as much muscle mass as possible and minimizing the amount of fat I put on alongside that. We're going to gain some regardless. It's just an expectation we always got to have. Um, but doing things that I have never been exposed to that I've never intentionally done. And honestly doing things that have scared the shit out of me since I've been so obsessed and, you know, integrated in this health and fitness kind of lifestyle, honestly, since I've been in high school. So this trip it comes at a really good time, in my opinion. Um, and again, good is subjective here. Because if you asked me this five years ago, you'd be like, oh, dude, you're fucked. Like, 
you're not going to feel good. You're not going to look good. Like it's going against everything of what you thought was important back, you know, five, six years ago. And I was like really immersed into just being only obsessed with how I looked all the time and how I presented myself and how I looked when I was on vacation. So as I sit here today, this trip comes at a really good time for me because it, it's really challenged me. Um, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, thought about maybe I just do a mini cut three, four weeks out and just try and lose, you know, two to six pounds or something like that. Right. And see if I can just go into the trip a little bit leaner. Cause as I sit here today, I have very little to no ab definition. Again, I'm 20 plus pounds heavier, which is, um, a very different just life for me and, and how I feel and how I look. Um, I'm the classic example right now of like, and, and there's a lot of similarities between bodybuilders and men, especially I, I find this too. women sometimes as well, but mostly men of like, when you're heavier, when you're trying to gain muscle, like you love and you feel really good in your shirts. Um, you fill them out more, you fill out your sweatshirts or your long sleeve shirts more, like how you fit into clothes feels better, right? I'm up a, a complete size. I used to be a solid medium. Now I'm a solid large. And even some of the large clothes I get are like, damn, this feels like a medium, like a medium kind of thing. And, um, classic example of like, I love how the way I fit in shirts now, but I don't love how I look without shirts on, you know, like when I'm showing more skin or I'm in a, um, um, a bathing suit or something, it's just like, yeah, you just like, to be honest, I just don't look fit. <laughs> like, like, yeah, maybe my arms are bigger and my legs and, um, I got more muscle definition. I look heavier for sure. But like, you might look at me now and be like, I mean, yeah, that dude just looks normal. Like, you know, I wouldn't say a dad bod full on, but just uh, just kind of looks like a fit dude, nothing to write home about, like not this fitness freak that you would see online kind of thing. And uh, a lot of times when people or guys, when they're at a lower weight, when they're cut, when they're 10, 15 pounds lighter, when they're, you know, 10 to 12% body fat or less, you feel really good in, you know, your swimming suit or without a shirt on but you hate the way you look in t-shirts, right? You just feel like a little more flat, like your arms don't fill out the sleeves as much. It's just, you can't have both, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of people go through that, but I'm on the other end of the spectrum right now where it's like, I'd like the way I fit into clothes. I'm wearing different clothes. I'm wearing size up. I'm really proud of the progress I've been able to get to. However, I don't love the way I look when I have my shirt off and that's fine, you know? And it's uh, it's been really good for me to, experience that and to go through that because I know on the other side, Hey, maybe next, you know, um, April or May, whenever I do my next cut, you know, I might stop a little bit early and appreciate the fact that like going too lean or getting too lean is going to bring on these different set of obstacles and challenges and, you know, thoughts about my body and the way I look, um, and maybe finding a happy medium now that I've been on one end of the spectrum where I've been super lean now on the other end where I'm going to see if I can push to 190, 195. Again, this is all pertaining to me. Like you can kind of, you're in a surplus, you can kind of relate this to yourself and, you know, put these numbers, whatever numbers that you've seen and where you've been and, and the spectrum that you've been on, like apply this to yourself. But I, uh, yeah, I just appreciate going through these different seasons of my life and these different extremes because I know at the end of the day, I'm going to get back to a weight where maybe I'm in the 170s, 175, and I'm able to eat more, but I'm a little bit leaner and I still like the way I fit in some shirts and it's just going to be easier for me to find a happy medium and to, to ideally find a space where I can feel comfortable with and, and maintain that going forward for the indefinite future, right? 
not knowing what the future is going to hold, whether kids, career change, like who knows what we don't really know what the next year, two years, five years is going to entail. So, um, with that being said, I'm still planning for the future, but in the season of life I'm at right now, it's just like this Greece trip has really been a, uh, an interesting experiment or experiment for myself because I've never, I've never been in these waters before. And, um, I know I'll have some just like insecurities or, uh, and I say insecurities, like I look terrible. Like if you saw me, I'm like, I'm, I look fit, I'm decent, but I'm not this, you know, 300 you know pound person in my body right now. And, um, it's a very different conversation we have, right? Like there's those extremes and those are real conversations and things that, you know, other people 100% deal with more often than not now. And it's, uh, it's not comparable to my situation right now, but there is some similarities between the two. And I bring this up because what I'm trying to say is that my mindset and my exposure to this is going to be very different compared to me five, 10 years ago, however long it was, where I'd be trying to get as lean as possible and look as, as good as I can with a shirt off kind of thing. And um, my approach hasn't changed a ton. Um, really, for me, what I've done up until this point is I've gotten to a place where I've just tried to maintain my weight, partially because I got a new suit and if I gained two to five more pounds within the last month or two, I might not fit into the suit where, you know, when I was measuring in July or whenever it was, I got my number. So I kind of have been in more maintenance than I have been in a surplus here the last month or so, knowing that if I gain any more weight, like I don't want to, you know, rip my damn pants on the dance floor, which has already happened before in the past, but I just, I don't want that to happen here um, because of like a weight and like body size issue. And, um, alongside that, I've really come with the approach and it's a lot easier for me being in a surplus because these next two weeks, I don't plan on working out really at all. We're going to get a lot of steps. We'll go on some hikes. Like it will be fun. Uh, maybe we play some beach volleyball, some tennis, like the places we're staying at make activity easy to attain there. Um, which is one of the points I want to drive at here is like create your own definition of activity or, you know, exercise when you're on these trips instead of being hyper-focused with whatever exercise regimen or plan you've been in, whether you're going to the group classes or maybe you're doing a full-on hypertrophy program and you're training four days a week. Um, maybe you're doing a combination of both or you're an avid, you know, yogi or whatever it is, like whatever exercise that you have now, having this expectation that you're going to be perfect on these trips is setting yourself up for some, some type of disappointment. And maybe it's feelings of guilt and uh, feelings like you're losing progress when in reality, I find that these trips can be an amazing time to try new things and to not let your fitness die in the gym with what exercises that you're doing, right? Like too many people only exercise and train and all these things for vanity purposes. The only time they're active and work hard and, and have fun is when they're in the gym and their fitness and their, you know, their kind of their exercise regimen somewhat dies in the gym and they don't translate that to other areas of your life, right? Maybe it's going on more hikes, being able to handle, you know, more treacherous hikes or go on different ski slopes or um, being able to play different sports and try different things in different cultures, like create a different definition of exercise when you go to these trips and, and don't feel like you're just gonna, and this might be you. And, and again, that's okay too. If you just go at your cabana and you're Hawaii for a week and a half and all you do is drink pina coladas and eat the nachos every day. Some people do that, right? You're not going to feel great doing that, but that might be something that you enjoy doing and you do every other year. And that's what gets you fired up. Like if you're in a good headspace about it and 
you're not talking shit or feeling guilty for doing that. Like I applaud you and you, you have my full support with that. Right. But for most people, especially the people who I work with and the people listening to this podcast is like exercise is somewhat of an important part of your life. Um, whether you play recreational sports or club sports, or you just lift and you're trying to build muscle, or maybe you're trying to change your physique and lose some weight. It's like, that doesn't necessarily have to stop when you go on vacation. And my plan is, again, trying to get active every day, trying to go on walks in the morning, seeing different parts of the world. Um, fortunately, I'm able to walk and I enjoy walking and um, I like going on sunset walks or morning walks and walking on the beach. Like there's going to be a lot of opportunity for me to just get my body moving. And for me, that's going to be my definition of, of exercise. When in the past, it'd be like, how can I carve out three days of gym time for 45 minutes a week? And, you know, if I didn't hit one of those workouts or all of those workouts, which is usually what happens, right? Because when you get there, you're meeting up with friends or you're doing the tours or you're having your events or you're, you're, you know, going on a boat and seeing the other cool parts that this world has to offer and you're missing these workouts. It's like if you had this expectation that you have to be perfect with your fitness routine and you don't do that one day or all days, like that could, again, take away from the experience in the moment that we're trying to get rid of. Like how can we have these trips and, you know, exercise enrich our experience and how can we just have a different outlook on what our definition of fitness is and what we're doing? Um, going on these trips, because I promise you, you're not going to lose any meaningful amount of progress at all doing these trips. For some people, you might find that taking a break from the gym and doing these other forms of exercise is the thing that you actually needed to appreciate the training that you're going to go back home and start up again and do religiously like you have been. Because a lot of people can burn themselves out and you just kind of need these deloads or times away from the gym to appreciate what your exercise routine has to offer for you. So huge sidetrack, but one of the the takeaways that I'm having is I'm going to change my definition of fitness and exercise when I'm on this trip and do the things that I enjoy. I'm going to be grateful that the exercise and how active my lifestyle is now allows me and my body to be able to pick up and do these things that maybe I don't do super often. So um, you just got to have, you know, come from a place of gratitude and appreciation instead of a place of scarcity of like, I can't miss my workouts or else I'm going to gain weight and I'm going to feel like shit when I come back home. When in reality, it's like, Hey, getting some walks, getting some steps in, maybe you do get in the gym and your, your resort has a hotel gym and you want to wander in there and, you know, work out for 30 minutes a day for a couple days a week. Like there's nothing wrong with that either, but just have this expectation that your fitness is going to look very different than what your normal routine is at home. Obviously, we all know that, but giving yourself permission to accept that and embrace that and to do something different is one of those things that will be, you know, um, a huge benefit to you enjoying and appreciating whatever trip or experience that you have going on for you in that moment. Okay. Now, from a nutrition side of things, this is again very easy going to these these trips and these resorts because I mean if you know anything about like the Mediterranean diet in Europe and all these places it's like yeah sure they have a lot of starches and pastas and pita breads and you know different carbs and rices and grains and desserts like carbs are are not absent in those cultures right but they also have a lot of really cool and healthy fats right a lot of the meals sometimes are centered around protein sources uh, they're very uh depending on where you go, again, there's an asterisk here, but there's uh, a lot of fruits and vegetables that are maybe unique to the terrain or the culture or whatever it is that you're going to. For example, like going to Greece, like we're going to get some cheese. We're going to fuck ton of tomatoes, onions, different vegetables, you know, Greek salads. 
um, you know, being able to, to have some vegetables and stuff with lean proteins, going to get lamb, chicken, like the rotisserie, um, different like spinach and rice combinations. Like there's just so many different types of plates that I'm going to be exposed to there that I'm excited to eat. Now I'm going to enjoy those experience and trying those new things because I know deep down that in order for me to feel better throughout the day and to feel better the preceding day and to enjoy my trip more. And sometimes it, it takes a little trial and error when I get to this trip, like, Hey, day one or two, you have a little too many drinks or you have too much appetizer, dessert, uh, main course meal. You feel overly stuffed, super uncomfortable. Sometimes it takes doing that for a day or two on your trip of a week or 10 days to come back to the place of like, you know what? I fucking hate how I felt after that. I felt like a bag of trash. I didn't feel very good the next day. I felt overly stuffed. Um, I didn't enjoy the food I was eating because I just, I found that I was inhaling it and I was just like eating just to eat. Like sometimes it takes you experiencing that and you all know what that feeling is like um, to come back to a place of like, I'm going to make the decision to choose some of these entrees and some of these appetizers, say no to some of these appetizers or desserts or some of these drinks because I want to feel good after this meal and I want to feel good going and hiking up the fucking Parthenon after lunch today instead of feeling like I need to take a nap kind of thing. Um, and for me, my mindset is going to be what are the things that are going to make me feel good, right? And there's a combination of things that can make you feel good. I think it's a combination of like feeling satisfied, getting you know, adequate amounts of nutrition, stuff that my body's used to right now, having been in a surplus and, and meeting some fiber goals and micronutrient goals, all that stuff, um, feeling satiated, right? Stopping when I'm full. But there's also like a satisfaction that you get from your food from a standpoint of like, you know, you could have the perfect salmon, you know, uh, salad and uh, veggies and starch bowl, but like you eat that and then like an hour or two later, like some people find themselves craving something else or hungry again. Um, and part of that is because, you know, you maybe you were satiated after the meal, but you weren't super satisfied. And to me, that satisfied type of uh, feeling and that kind of mentality that you get from your food comes from the addition to maybe a glass of wine. Maybe uh, for me, it's gonna be a small order of baklava after a meal, right? Or having some type of savory thing in addition to my meal that satisfies like, hey, hits this flavor, flavor profile. I'm hitting my nutrient needs. Um, I'm building a plate around how I wanna feel. Also, again, exploring those cuisines. Like it's not gonna be perfect every meal, but for the most part, like you can order a protein source, you can order some plants, you can order some carbs. Like there's a lot of opportunity for you to build somewhat of your normal plate or some of these um, principles that you know, you've know you built over time and just implement that in a different way that is you cooking at home. And for me, my mindset is going to be, how do I wanna feel after this meal? How do I want to feel the next day? Because how you eat and how you overeat sometimes in some of these evening, afternoon meals can 100% make you feel fucking shitty after it or feeling, again, like you binged or overate, um, overindulged. And again, that can just trigger some of those experiences that, you know, maybe it's like PTSD for you in the past, how you eat some of these things and you feel guilty for doing that and then you restrict yourself and then you binge on it again and then that cycle repeats itself. It's like, I want to remove myself from that or putting myself in that position at all. And again, that comes from centering my meals and stuff around getting a protein source, getting a plant, getting some types of carbs for energy, also getting some type of, you know, uh, sweet, savory appetizer, 
Um, maybe even it's a wine or alcoholic drink, like something that is going to complement those meals to like, you know, check that box of me feeling satisfied after the meal instead of having that and then feeling empty or having a perfect meal and then feeling empty afterwards. Because for me, I'm a sweet person guy and I could eat all the dessert in the world. Right. And so like having that miss, like I'm going to crave that later. And Maybe that prevents me from feeling hungrier later and then overindulging on a big, you know, pint of gelato or something like that. So from a nutrition standpoint, I'm in a very different headspace because ironically, I'm probably going to naturally just eat less while I'm over there um, compared to what I've been doing at home. So going from a surplus to these trips, a lot of times I can see that hey, yes, it's easy to overeat. And again, depending on where you go, like again, if I was going on a 10-day Alaskan cruise with all you can eat and drink stuff, like those temptations, that food environment, you know, your activity, like what you do is gonna vary differently than me going to Greece or, you know, one of my clients going to Italy or whatever it might be. So um, we gotta remember, we gotta, we just gotta approach the situation more individually to what you're going to experience, what you need to work on and how you wanna approach that. But you know, for me, I'm not feeling stressed about not eating enough. Like I might lose some weight, ironically, when I go on this trip, um, you know, without having the restrictions, I'm not going to be tracking food, taking a time away from like thinking about, you know, how many calories I'm eating all the time, because that's going to be a good break. And it's going to help me get back again, similar to the fitness routine and appreciation for like, Hey, I still have this overarching goal. This was a good time. I got to enjoy it. Um, it's not something that is going to be a make or break thing in my you know near future. And so choosing to enjoy that trip uh, from what that experience has to offer and and feeling okay and good about my body and feeling good about my nutrition choices and and eating more intuitively and being more in check with my hunger cues and you know what I want to feel like after some of those meals, like that's kind of the biggest mentality that I'm having going into this trip that I know is going to enhance that experience and just, make it more enjoyable and make me look back 10 years from now and be like, yeah, I was not an overly neurotic, you know, fuck boy on that trip because, you know, I didn't have all the control or whatever. Like, no, I, I enjoyed it. I got what I want out of the experience. And I realized that, Hey, that two week trip was a very small piece of time compared to the year, two years, 10 years of, you know, whatever kind of uh, pursuits you're, you're working towards right now. So for me, that is kind of the mindset that I'm going in there. And again, I'm coming from a surplus going into the trip. And that looks maybe very different from case study number two here. I'm not going to say names, but um, let's just call them client number one. Client number one is somebody who came to me, ironically, two years, or sorry, a year and a half ago now, a year ago. And he's, uh, he might tell you differently, but he's like a semi-pro volleyball player and uh, every year Italy has this fun tournament thing. It's, uh, it's not like overly competitive or this like, you know, competition where it's like a stepping stone to be a, become a professional or whatever it might be, but it is uh, an international volleyball, you know, two on two type of beach volleyball tournament stuff that is something that he looks forward to. And he did it for the first time last year. And ironically, he reached out to me, I think it was four to six months before he went on that trip. And I'm going to come full circle with this story here man, I realize I'm already talking a lot about some of this stuff, but I think this is, this is important. But this guy, client number one, came with me in a very different headspace last year, almost robotic Terminator, like tell me what the fuck I need to do to get to my goal. So when I'm, you know, at this trip in Italy and then he goes to, you know, Oktoberfest 
uh, in Germany afterwards, like just doing all the fun things that that part of the world has to offer during that season. Wanted to go into that trip feeling confident, and he thought that that confidence would come from being leaner, fitting better in his tank top or his jersey or being shirtless on the beach, you know, um, meeting other females, whatever it might be over there. Um, Soul motivator was like, I want to get as lean as possible. And who am I to say that that's the wrong thing, even though I knew that, hey, maybe that might not be of the best interest for you given your situation and what you're telling me is the most important thing for, you know, your future after that trip, right? Because again, we could get so fixated on a single event, a wedding, a trip to Italy, um, your honeymoon, like um, insert whatever type of occasion that you want to look your best at. And we can get so fixated on that, that we sacrifice anything leading up to that point. And then once we get back on our normal routine, we have no idea what we want to do because, or what to do because what we did before that was completely unsustainable and realistic and likely you fucking hated it. So you just kind of bounce back to another extreme when you get home. That's exactly what happened to client number one here. Last summer, 2022, we start working together in April or May. And again, I'm, I will do whatever the client wants to do. This is always going to be the ship that you are driving. You know, I'm, I'm just the navigator and telling you how we can get there and what we need to do to get to the destination that you want. And long story short, this dude lost like 30 pounds or something like that. Um, up until his trip, literally cut to the day before he left for his trip and whatever, man, he lost the weight. (laughs) felt you know, felt better in a tank top. He liked the way he looked, um, you know, naked a little bit more, but that came with the sacrifice, right? Like we, we meticulously track food. He had to really cut back on his social life and, and really transform his life temporarily at the time he made a temporary kind of, uh, um, and I'll relay that message kind of back this next kind of story I'm going to tell that pertains to him. Um, but he sacrificed a lot of his, you know, weekend time. Alcohol is a big one. Um, you know, at some point he got to a, a level of leanness that um, it took more effort to get leaner than that. And that's the route that we chose to go down. He chose to go down. And at that point he was sacrificing his sex hormones, his energy, his um, fatigue, his risk for injury. Luckily he did not get injured, but you know, there's a lot of things that come from, you know, eating less calories over time and being in a, in a crazy cut up until the time where, you know, you're going to go and play this volleyball tournament or whatever. Right. It's like very took the physique driven route of changing your nutrition instead of accounting for maybe the performance side of things like that just wasn't on the top of his head um, as we were going into this trip. So long story short, that summer goes by, we get him to a place. He's the leanest he's been in, in forever. Right. Like since he can remember. Um, but a lot of these other things were kind of suffering, right? He had low energy. He had very low sex drive. Um, was very food focused, like kind of didn't have a terrible relationship with food, but was almost robotic with what he was eating given the circumstances and the type of restrictions that we were implementing at the time. And what do you think happened, right? You go from that place to Italy, Rome, wherever he is. And, um, you know, you play this volleyball tournament for the week. You're eating a ton of pasta, drinking the Peronis, whatever drinks they're having there. And then you go to Oktoberfest the week after and, you know, just get shit-faced and drink for a week straight. Uh, and then you come home and he 
we kind of separated or, you know, didn't work together for the conclusion of that year. And ironically, we meet up, he reaches out again at the beginning of this year, 2023. In January, February, we started working together again. And what do you know, he was almost at the same weight in which we started um, because he got home, holidays came. That was also a weird transition period in his life where he was looking at new jobs, getting a new job, starting a new job. Very stressful, just a lot of moving pieces there. But he did not have the strategies and habits implemented um, that would have made him successful going through those different periods of his life, let alone managing how he handled his nutrition and everything during that trip. And then the choices and the decisions he made coming home after that trip. And we link up again. He's maybe five, 10 pounds less. I don't think he's, he went back to where he started, but it, I'm so fucking proud of this guy. Um, you know who you are if you're listening to this, but as we sit here, you know, we start in February or whatever it is. And what do you know? We got the same trip. He left last week and same circumstances, Italy, Oktoberfest, doing all the things. But this approach was very different this time. In the beginning, we acknowledge that like, hey, his work life is going to go through these different seasons. This guy works for Apple, you know, depending on the launches and the engineering behind things and the marketing side of things, like they have these different seasons of life. And late spring, early summer was just a fuck show for him. And during that and acknowledging that, we completely changed the approach with his nutrition and Maybe, you know, in the beginning, we kind of went into a deficit again, managed that. But then the goal from like May to like July was to maintain the progress that we had made on that short stretch before we, you know, got into his busy work season of life. Um, and we were successful with that, right? We went through different phases of tracking more, tracking less, um, you know, doing training styles, getting his activity up in a day where he'd go, you know, 14 to 18 hours a day behind a computer and on meetings and all these things. Um, just really acknowledging that his lifestyle was not conducive for him to losing weight right there. And there was a lot of opportunity to practice these other things that, again, he could revert back to or lean on when these seasons of life come back again, when he does not have a coach or somebody to check in with every week. So we get through July and we start to really hit it hard from July, August, and then into early September. We dedicate those eight to 12 weeks or nine weeks, whatever it was into a cut phase to see what we could do. But this time it changed because instead of cutting right up until the trip date, which is what he'd like to do the previous year, we stopped about a week, 10 days before. And what that did is allowed us to kind of reverse calories, increase them up, kind of get him used to eating a little bit more before he goes in and completely doesn't track and, you know, just lives his life, enjoys all the things that that part of the world has to offer. And um, for that, you know, nine to 12 weeks, Again, we navigated some weddings, some social weekends, different things, but we really were mindful of our calories, how much we were drinking, what we were doing to take care of ourselves. Stress management was a huge one. Talking about mobility and recovery, working through some nagging injuries, um, you know, hitting our protein goal, trying different food, you know, ideas, uh, kind of programming his nutrition around what was available to him when he went to the Apple campus. Um, and got to eat at the cafeteria there three times a week, right? You think that you go through these busy ass seasons of your life that there's no room for progression or that, you know, your only option is to say, fuck it. And, and I'm going to just start this up again when there's a more convenient time to do so. And in reality, I would argue that those are the most important times. And again, not to say you have to work with a coach on those times. Um, sure as fuck can help if you do that. But just being in a place where he found that 
there's a lot of room for improvement here. And I'm going to, in order to make this experience different than, you know, the way things turned out last year, like we have to be intentionally different between some of these things. And I'm fucking damn proud of him because he's the one now who is thinking, hey, when I get back from this trip, I want to hit it hard through the end of the year. And then that's kind of my timeline to see what we can do. Right. And it's just this whole mindset shift of like thinking long-term instead of thinking so shallowly and not saying that prepping for an event is shallow. Um, but if that's the only thing that's on your mind, there's a good chance that you're missing out on a lot of other things that again, are going to set you up for more success and more sustainability long-term. If you can completely ignore that and be blinded to this big event or shiny kind of outcome that you're trying to work towards, you know, and this is what that client experienced that year prior got to a place, but you realize a year later from that, you remove yourself, you go through that and, you know, you start to realize that, Hey, that's, that's not what this is all about. Right. And, and again, it takes going through that to appreciate that. I do think sometimes, but, um, we're in a spot now where he left last week, went on his trip, how we are navigating and and appreciating his trip is just like we did last year, honestly, uh, this kind of idea of like memories over macros, uh, and just being able to get to a place where you feel really good with your body, your progress. Um, he got back down, uh, for an example, this guy started 260, 270. at this time he's, he was floating around 220 to 225. He, I remember him asking me like, what is realistic to get down to? I'm like, dude, if we do X, Y, and Z, we can get down to a 223 number. And to him, you know, starting at that 240, 245 number, whatever, it was just a, um, over this period of time was just like, fuck, I can't even, you know, comprehend that. And it was a very kind of like ambitious, scary number. But guess what he was when he fucking left or before he left for his trip, he was like 222.1. I think he even saw like a 221, 220 number, which doesn't mean he was there, but you know, you see that and his averages were down lower in that 220 range. And, you know, I was proud of him because this is one of those guys where you tell him what to do and he's, he's just, he's like myself. He's just, fuck it. I'm going to do it at all costs. And, and I'm going to be able to, to really just focus on this because that's my biggest priority. And he had some of those tendencies, but again, we changed it, right? We were a little bit more neutral. We were a little bit more lenient. We appreciated that, you know, there was going to be weight fluctuations. There's going to be, you know, weekends where you're going to New Jersey or whatever for a wedding and seeing your old volleyball teammates, like for figuring out how to navigate that instead of sacrificing all of that was the biggest thing that I found that made him more equipped to get down to this low body weight and do that with all these other social interve- or, uh, interactions happening, but also get to a place in his trip where he increases calories. It's very different from the last year in the sense that he's feeling good. He's, you know, having any nagging injuries, um, his energy levels, his sex drive is up. His performance is good. He's also feeling more confident in his outfits, whatever it is, but he's also going to be able to go on that trip and eat and drink and enjoy that without thinking twice about anything that he's doing, knowing that, you know, the nutrition, the training, everything is going to be there when he gets home. But these trips, he doesn't know how much longer he's going to be able to enjoy these. So whatever his definition of what he chooses to do is, is, is going to be what he does when he goes on this trip. And yes, there's principles, getting enough water in, talking about intra and pre-workout nutrition stuff, uh, getting protein and, and not, you know, um, just gorging yourself every opportunity you get. Like, yes, all of those things are going to fit within this trip, but there's less stress. There's less like, 
um, guilt or shame around making those decisions. And again, it's more for like, how do I want to feel and how, how is this going to complement my trip instead of making me feel somewhat shitty during the trip on occasion. And then also feeling like a bag of trash when I get home kind of thing. And, and just looking back on the trip and enjoying it is just one of our biggest priorities. And that's just one of the things that we've really emphasized with that. So that's very different in the sense that like, Hey, we had somebody who's in a cut and then we go to this trip and then we're also planning on what the back end of that trip is going to look like and what the next three months are going to look like instead of just only focusing on this trip this time around like we did the first time. So, wow, that was a long-winded story, but uh, there's a lot of moving pieces to that. And uh, that was just case study number two, which leads me into case study number three. So my case study one was myself, surplus going into a trip. Case study number two, our cut guy, you know, uh, losing weight before a trip. And then my third is, we'll call it client number three, lovely, amazing lady. Awesome. Um, came to me, we started working together. I'm so proud of her. Cause a lot of people don't think about this to hire a coach of like hiring a coach to figure out how to navigate your maintenance calories more or how to, you know, uh, transition to a period of your life where you don't need food tracking or, uh, you want to explore maybe going into a surplus after you've fe- spent your whole life thinking about how much weight can I lose or how can I get to a smaller physique or, you know, have this optimal body recomposition. And, you know, the main goals of her and I, when we started working together was like, how can I get back to maintenance and enjoy that? And then explore what kind of options I have after being able to figure that out in the future. And for this lady, you know, this is somebody who I see actually a lot happens in the uh, health and fitness space is like, People get so tied and hung up on the numbers and the devices and the tracking strategies and they think that that is the only thing that they could do to be successful and to navigate their life. And and one thing I always have just to remind everybody about is this idea that, you know, tracking and tracking your steps and all these devices that you have and, you know, logging your food and weighing yourself every day, like, all of these are means, right? They're just, they're, they're not a definite or um, a destination though, right? All of these are just tools that we're using to help build awareness and get us to a place, uh, a goal or an outcome or whatever it is that we, we deem is important to us. Um, but we have to be able to remove those things eventually and maintain, you know, whatever progress or level of success that you've had and, and your success of, or your definition of success can change over time for sure. And it should. Um, but realizing that, hey, the tools that I'm getting to these places, I can't only rely on those to get me and to keep me at those places. Um, and that's a very hard place to navigate sometimes, especially if you're trying to do that on your own. And if you're somebody like client number three, who, you know, maybe for the past few years have really dialed in your nutrition, have really taken the training seriously, have really managed your calories and measure out every single thing that you eat and meal prep mostly at home and track everything to the gram. It's like, yeah, you can get in those places. It's very daunting and intimidating to not be in that place after you get used to it. And, and emotions like fear of going back and reversing if you don't have this tool is very real. Um, the fear of, Hey, having this thing that you think is holding you accountable, uh, and removing that, then you don't have that accountability source in this instance being like a food tracking app. Then you just think you're intuitively just going to overeat and binge and just go, you know, back to maybe the person that you were before you started being, you know, more aware and intentional with your nutrition or just being scared of not knowing, right? Like the uncertainty of not knowing what you're doing. 
uh, is also a very daunting feeling when you know exactly what you've been doing and you've had the most control over all other variables within your health and fitness um, within the last few years or so. So this is a person who uh, we didn't work together because of this trip, but she also happened to go to Italy with her partner and, you know, kind of this cool once in a lifetime trip that um, uh, had been in the works for a long time. But part of working together is we acknowledge that like, hey, we have these trips and these things. And for her, success in prepping for her trip looked like removing food tracking. It looked like becoming more confident not entering stuff into a data tracking sheet, not putting so much um, weight, figuratively speaking, um, into what the number you see on the scale is every morning and letting that drive every decision that you make and being scared to be up a pound or two kind of thing. And for her, this was a very difficult task. And to be honest, it took us two months, right, of, again, tracking food and things has a spectrum, right? You can track everything on one end of the spectrum and then track nothing at all, but like flirting with different areas in the middle of like, hey, maybe we only track three days a week, or maybe we take a break of, take a break from tracking on a Wednesday and Thursday this week, or maybe we track one weekend day and one weekday this next week, or maybe we just practice tracking your dinners or tracking going out to eat, or maybe we remove tracking completely altogether for the week and, and practice doing that and sticking to, um, uh, kind of the basic principles and what you've, you know, done for a long time, knowing that damn well, you know what you're doing by now, but you need that exposure of not having those, you know, things that are validating what you think is happening, happening all the time. Right. Or maybe, maybe you measure out all your food, but you're not actually tracking it into the food tracking app. So, you know, you're getting your enough protein and portion sizes of different things in throughout the day. Um, so we spent a lot of time working through these things and these mental barriers and challenges that came up along the way. And these just, you know, these uncertainties, um, that this person client number three dealt with, excuse me. And that is something that we found is going to be the most important thing. So when we get to this Italy trip and we're gone for two weeks, we're not overly neurotic with our nutrition. We're not constantly thinking about how many calories are in the, this beautiful pasta dish that we're eating. We're not feeling guilty for drinking a single glass of wine every single night for um, for dinner and enjoying what you know the resorts and everything that you have has to offer. And I, uh, I'm so proud of this client too because we got to a place where that trip was enhanced and she appreciated it more because we didn't feel like we had to track everything to a T and she didn't feel like, you know, she had to be perfect and, you know, hit all these minimum markers for her to feel good and for her to feel like that trip was a success or to feel like she's going to gain a ton of weight coming home. And what happened, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but it took the first day or two of traveling and getting there. And, you know, she, kind of uh, overindulged or overate some things and then ate the things she actually wanted to eat. And then that turned into her feeling full and really stuffed and didn't feel very good. And it took that experience to feel that once for her to be conscious and mindful about her eating and what she was going to put under her body the rest of the trip. And she made more educated decisions after experiencing that up front uh, just to be able to, to navigate the rest of her trip and feel like she you know, felt good during the whole time. And I'm proud of her because for her success on that trip looked like not tracking at all, um, eating more intuitively, listening to her hunger cues a little bit more, um, getting her to not think about how much she weighed and, you know, not missing workouts and all of these things, all again, experiences that were only going to add to that, that trip and that experience that she had instead of having it take away. And then getting back to 
you know, the U.S. and then being able to pick up where she left off. Unfortunately, got COVID in the last week. She kind of just a lot of stuff <laughs> has been going on. Has been feeling great working from home. Her schedule's changed, but all the other stuff is always going to be there, right? And now her definition of success is like instead of just doing the same mundane like meal prep, same food every single day. It's like now we're exploring and trying different type of uh, recipes and cuisines and and planning one or two date nights a week to be able to explore and just get out of the rhythm of, of just making the things that you know are going to hit your numbers every single day. And again, for her, like going from her maintenance into this trip and then out at the end of the trip, you can just see how there's all these actions and things that you could address leading up to the trip while you're in the trip. And then when you get home from the trip, that to me, you're going to dictate your success over the long term far more than you being overly methodical and meticulous with what you do on your trip or leading up to your trip alone. So I, um, yeah, we could talk a lot more about that client case study, but I'm damn proud of her too, because she's come a long way. And, and again, she was the person who would have stress and anxiety if she didn't track anything for a day. And so seeing her go these weeks now without tracking food and not beating herself up because of that, like is the ultimate progress to her. And it's something that we've come to appreciate more of and are trying to explore more and push further now that we're in a season of her life that allows her to do that more. So yeah. Yeah, you know, I I kind of need to wrap up this episode because this is a long-ass episode. But um, I think the moral of the story or the overarching question that I want you to ask yourself, especially when it comes to traveling and these trips and this idea of memories over macros, because you know yourself, right? If you, if you let yourself off the hook and make every memory in the book and you're fucking drinking 2,000 calories a day and eating all the things like there's a chance that like, Hey, maybe there's some work or some appreciation that needs to be done differently up until that point. Um, again, what, what you need is going to be very different than what I need and what client two needs and client three needs, but it just, you got to build awareness and appreciate what you've been doing. And if that has, or hasn't been serving you, cause that's what, that's what can, you know, elicit this change over time that is necessary for you to, you know, live and again, in a body you joy and then live a lifestyle that you enjoy alongside that long term. And the biggest question that I always want you to come back to and think about is what would 90 year old you say about whatever situation that you're in? What would 90 year old you say in the nursing home, or in your house, having a helper help you wipe your ass, right? Like you're just chilling there watching your PBS every day. Like whatever you're going to be doing at 90, hopefully you're not bed bound. Like you're able to get up and eat and maybe you're in a home or some shit like that. But what is 90 year old you going to look back and think of like, hey, in 2023, I went on that Greece trip and uh, I'm damn proud of myself for enjoying that because I guarantee you, I'm not going to remember what my calories were. Like I'm not going to give a fuck whether I got my workouts in. I'm going to give more of a fuck about, did I make those memories? Did I take advantage of everything that I could? Did I, you know, live that experience to its fullest potential and not leave anything on the table when I came home? And for me, again, my definition of that is going to look very different than my wife's or the other people that we're going on this trip with. But for me, just thinking about, hey, 90-year-old me would be proud of me for not giving a fuck about what you know I did or didn't do on this trip and more so about what I got from the trip and who I got to experience that with and appreciating that trip for what it was because maybe I can't see it now, but maybe I don't get to go to Greece again. Or maybe the next time I go is when I bring my kid on their 21st birthday and when they graduate college, you know? So there's a, 
lot of things that can go into your decision-making process when it comes to traveling, but always come back to what would 90-year-old you say about whatever situation that you're in and let that drive that decision for you. Because chances are 90-year-old you is wise as fuck and they know exactly what is in your best interest and that is something that you can always fall back on and, and um, really just ask yourself, you know, if you're being overly neurotic or if you need to lighten up, lighten up, the, you know, on the gas a little bit with some of these things and uh, yeah, just appreciate those trips for what they are and, and appreciate the fact that there's always going to be room for progress and getting back on track or doing whatever it is when, when you get home. So I, uh, yeah, I leave it there. You know, I've, it's funny cause a lot of people are very weight driven in their decision-making process when it comes to tr- taking these trips and whatnot. And it's funny cause time in and time out, one of two things usually happens. And I say usually, but always happens for me is when people go on these trips and they travel and I'm talking about the people who are very weight motivated here, right? Is they go on these trips and when they come back, one, they're the same weight, if not within a pound or so of where they left before that trip. And if that doesn't happen too, it's either they come back heavier only to return back to their normal weight within, you know, one to two weeks after that, given they're getting back in their normal routine and they're not just, you know, treating their body like a garbage disposal for the next couple of weeks after a trip. So um, one of those two things happen and it's, it's just comical because it's clockwork. So uh, if I can give you any assurance that you're not going to fuck anything up over a one to two or three week or a month long trip, like I promise you it's impossible to do that, right? You cannot fuck this up, right? The only way you could fuck this up is if you let that two weeks turn into two months and then two months turn into two years and then before you know it, you're just trying to start and stop over and over again. Um, So yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I'm gonna end the podcast on that note. Hopefully you got some nuggets out of there. I just wanted to talk through like how I prep for this trip, what my mindset is going into it, how that can look different based on person to person and what situation they're in. And really the ultimate message here is just don't be overly neurotic or obsessive with your health and your fitness like every time you go somewhere because chances are if you're not doing that in the right headspace, it can only be taking away from that trip that you're experiencing, um, let alone, you know, leading to more self-sabotage if you're you know, trying to be perfect or you're just saying fuck it on that trip or leading to more anxiety. And again, at worst, just taking away from the trip at whole when when you know damn well that that's something that you probably need and and you're going to be pissed off at yourself in five years if you look back and think, damn, I was just an uptight asshole that whole trip and uh, it shouldn't have been because it really didn't matter. So <sighs> memories over macros, always kind of remember that if that's, uh, if that's something that resonates with you, always choose to, uh, man, just do the thing that's going to make you happy and, and make the best decision for yourself and enjoy those experiences they come because you don't know when you're going to get them again. And uh, that's sure as fuck what I'm going to do here soon. And uh, for that reason, I'm not going to have a podcast episode for the next couple of weeks, three weeks, but I will get back to my normally scheduled kind of routine when I get home. This is a longer podcast. If you made it this far, I really appreciate you tuning in and, and hanging out with me. And until next time, remember to eat the purpose, train with intention and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. <sighs> Have a great rest of your month. Appreciate you for listening and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, 
It would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.